JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, oh, the dickens. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Quick shotgun snap for Richardson. Big run for the Colts. There they go. Indianapolis inside the 20. Zach Moss the 10. He's at the 5. Touchdown. Zach Moss rips it away from 56 yards out. The long field goal is up, headed towards the uprights, and it is good. And Nick Folk is now 2 for 2. And that one from 50 for the Titans on their own 45-yard line, down by four points. Play action again for Tannehill. Has all day to throw. Scanning. He's going to launch it downfield. That's a catch inside Colts territory. DeAndre Hopkins gets out of the initial tackle. Here's an end around by Tennessee. Running right side, the 15, the 10. They cut back at the 5. Here's Spears into the end zone for a touchdown. In shoot to Moss. Slithering. Bouncing off tacklers. He's in there. Touchdown. This is fourth and a long yard. Colts lead 20 to 16. Here we go. Tannehill backing up into the shotgun. Sends a couple of people in motion. Now Chris Moore goes to the left side. They give it to Derrick Henry. He is hit at the line of scrimmage. Pushed backwards. And the Colts defense has come up with a stop. Tannehill between the hash marks. Three receivers deployed to the right side. Spears is back to the left. Waiting on a shotgun snap. He takes a belt high. Backs the throw. In the pocket. Looking. Going to chuck it downfield. It's picked off by the Colts. Intercepted by Indianapolis at the 50-yard line. And that's Julian Blackman with the game-sealing interception with 10 seconds to go. Final score on the Ruoff Mortgage scoreboard. It's the Colts 23 and the Titans 16. That's how Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi on the call yesterday. I said this with Jake and Jimmy and Eddie in studio a moment ago. I I know that Tennessee is not a good team. I know this 
division's not good, but given everything that was going on with this Colts football team, I was really impressed with the win yesterday. Really impressed with the win. And when you look at Tennessee through the first four prior to, it had been awful on the road and much better at home. But again, given the circumstances, and I mean a myriad of them, let's just talk about some of the stuff that was going on prior to the game. Oh, I'm sure there's no effect regarding Jonathan Taylor signing a three-year extension, $42 million, guaranteed money involved with that on Saturday. That's probably a good thing. You get that out of the way. You get everybody even more stirred up. You announce him toward the end of introductions, and he comes out helmetless with a big round of applause. I mean, that's, that's what you needed, and that's fine, but what you also needed was a win. And that's why that I dubbed that last week a must win. That's why people laugh at that. But, man, it is true. That is so true. I don't care if you could do the math for it or my math doesn't work compared to yours. I don't care if it's the not the final week and you're in or you're in. And I know the old Marv Levy quote regarding must wins. You know, I almost dragged everybody on the Colts pregame huddle with me. Joe writes, Joe writes was in agreement with me yesterday now bill bill brooks not so much i think gorman was too that game in terms of where we are right now is huge and obviously we spend a lot of time talking where we're sitting right now and we should now we often have to project into the future and we'll be doing a lot of that today too But I wanted to start the show with a brand of positivity that has been rarely heard around here, and rightly so. But that was impressive. That wasn't over the top. Wasn't over the top at all. I mean, you had two, both offensively and defensively, major contributors that we should be talking about more. There is no doubt watching Zach Moss play yesterday, a listen, Take motivation wherever you can get it. If he was motivated by what took place in the news surrounding his teammate Jonathan Taylor on Saturday, then so be it. I don't know how much that had, if any, had to do with it, but all you have to do is watch Bull Durham. Whatever motivates you, whatever gets you going, you know, respect the streak. Whatever works. 23-165. Can you believe that is over a seven-yard per carry average? Now, he did have a 56-yard run for a touchdown that contributed mainly to that 7.2. But considering we talked about almost less than a yard in week number one, that has been so incredibly necessary. For those of you who are asking, all right, so the effect of Jonathan Taylor, and for those of you that were sending me yesterday, sending me, hey, you know what, we don't need him, we got Zach Moss. I don't want to hear you whining about the quarterback stuff then. Seriously, I don't. My God, have you not been around here? Some of you have. I would rather deal with the legitimate hysteria. I understand where you've been. I understand it. I know why you feel this way about your quarterback. Doesn't matter who it is. You were probably going into that game on Sunday 
with more of a belief that an injury situation would have happened to 28 than to number five. The reason why these things pop into your mind, come into your head, is because you've been down this path before. I know everybody else deals with injuries, but come on. Around here, since basically the the beginning of the luck era, toward the middle and then the end, you have had to deal with it like nobody has had to deal with it. I know other teams have dealt with injuries and prosper. Other teams have dealt with injuries and not played well. Both sides of the spectrum. What I'm saying is I understand why everybody is hysterical. And that's what it is. You know, I dropped a Def Leppard song quote into my tweet a little bit earlier about hysteria. I understand where you're coming from on this. I do. I completely understand where you're coming from. You've been down this path, and you wonder, everybody is like comparing any injury-riddled quarterback of the past is getting an Anthony Richardson comparison. Now, what I'm not going to do, I'm I'm not going to fuel it. I'm going to understand what you're saying, because that's part of what I had mentioned earlier about the future. Still, what you have is a 21-year-old quarterback. And you have to find out it, it is all going to be a part of this. Maybe down the road, as Jake mentioned earlier, you're going to say, why were we ever worried about that? I'm not trying to call a shot right now. All I know is there's a legitimate reason to wonder, all right, so where is this right now? So that's that's the future part. And again, rightly so. AC joint out a month more than likely. I thought yesterday and watching that in the press box, I told everybody the way that that shoulder, the way that that arm, the throwing shoulder, the throwing arm was hanging, I thought, man, this guy looks done forever. And when I mean forever, I mean for the season. He looks like he's absolutely wrapped for the season. But he has been unable to finish all but one. And there have been moments when he's looked really good. There have been moments when he looks like a trying to to get right, understanding, maturing quarterback. So I can't tell you whether or not he's he's going to be healthy and this is just you know getting used to it or whatever. I can say this. I talked to Tony Katz a little bit earlier on his show, and I said this is part of the reason why that they drafted him so they can utilize it in that fashion. People have asked me, do you think that it's the turf? Is the turf too hard? Do they need grass? I think ultimately everybody's going to have grass because that's what the NFL is going to want. I think ultimately that happens, but he just went down with a guy on top of him and you had that AC joint sprain and that happens. So he goes out. And the one thing Gardner Minshew has done, and you have to keep in mind that after the mop-up duty he has performed at other times earlier this season, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, coming in for or in Baltimore, everybody's pretty confident that he's going to be able to just take the lead and go. So he's somebody you can live in this moment with. There's no greatness there. 
but there is an opportunity to live in that moment right now to where you look at the schedule and who they have coming up. There's nothing really daunting about that. He just has come in, and he just is himself, and that's what he is best at, being himself. He comes in, knows where he's going with the football, throws it there, leads by example. That's that's what you want. And it's funny because remember after that Baltimore game when I received all that conversation and email and social media, hey, how about trading him for some future bullcrap or whatever? And I said, listen, again, this is the Colts. You just kind of sit back and wait for this injury crap to happen. It was like yesterday. That's why you don't have, to me, you don't have any presence to whine about the quarterback situation. If yesterday you at one time said, hey, you don't need Jonathan Taylor. Look what the Colts did, and they screwed up by signing him. No, they didn't screw up. They're not like a lot of other teams out there. They need him, and they're going to need Mark my words, they're going to need him. I love the fact that Zach Moss has played well above and nobody thought he was going to give that type of production. I gave love yesterday, and I can't remember what he writes for, and that's my bad. But a guy named Zach Hicks, and the reason why I mention it is because I remember he would have been the only one early on that suggested, hey, you bring him in here and Taylor's not playing, and he's going to be okay. Or he comes back from that broken arm, and he's going to be okay. He's not that bad of a guy. When everybody else everybody else was saying, yeah, it's Zach Moss. I mean, he was a cast-off from a team that obviously embraced offense in Buffalo a great deal. They traded him for Naheem Hines. And he has been absolutely spectacular for this Colts team. But don't lose yourself in this. The Colts need all hands on deck with this. And it's been that way for a while. You should be glad that they solidified Taylor for the next couple of years at least. You don't have to talk about that angle any longer. This is not a race and this is not a competition. You're going to need him at some point. So don't worry about it. Well, look at all these other teams that can get by with. Well, good is gold for all these other teams. That's other crap that I saw over the weekend. Well, you know, the NFL, none of these other teams are doing that. Well, good. I'm glad they're not because this is a team that needs it. This is a team that is without game-breaking material offensively. You need it. They still need it. Even with him in the fold, you still need it. Yeah, there was a reason why I was talking about on the pregame show yesterday about, hey, I kind of hope things go haywire in Minnesota. I was hoping things go haywire in Cincinnati. Anywhere where you have a wide receiver or maybe two that would finally just kind of go diva and say, you know what, I want out of here. I want someplace else because I have looked at free agency at that position next year. It's not great. And let's face it, this team is a lot better than a lot of us, including me, thought. Or... Let me go ahead and backpedal. This team is playing better. Now, it's not like there is great teams that we have seen around them within their division. I guess what I'm saying here, this team's going to win games. 
And when you're when you're watching it, much like when you're playing it, I mean, what the hell? You might as well. I'm not going to sit here and concern myself with not being able to draft within drafting range Marvin Harrison Jr. or what you're missing out on in the top half of the first round. I'll be honest with you. I thought the Colts drafting at number four this past spring was brutal. Absolutely brutal because you're one of the worst. And this team has, last year was an embarrassment, was a circus, embarrassed itself out of the postseason the year prior. It's weird. You sit around and you want winning and you want it right now. And then whenever you get it, you try to gauge whether or not you should be winning right now. What the hell is wrong with you? I think that just comes with a losing mentality, honestly. I want these guys to go out there, and so do you. You're the one that would be paying the price of admission. Go out there, give their best, and win a game. Now, we can worry about Marvin Harrison Jr. next year's draft. We can worry, and I'll worry about it. I'll look ahead. Worry about that later. If this team can win while also growing, and I understand that most of that argument has centered around Anthony Richardson, I will also tell you what I was wrong about here. I go back to the summertime, and I said the only time you're going to see Gardner Minshew is during a disaster. Only two disastrous reasons. Uh, One disaster would be that Anthony Richardson just doesn't get it. He's not good enough to play out there. The other disaster would be injury. But I will tell you this, again, living in the moment. This is not a disaster. I want you to be able to soak this up. They still, with Minshew, have incredibly winnable games approaching. My God, do you guys need that? Think about all these teams around here you've rooted for, and they have sucked and sucked for so long. I think it's going to suck the winning life out of you a little bit. I would just soak it up and not worry about it. Much like with Anthony Richardson, I would tell you this. Am I concerned that this guy may not be able to take hits? Of course, you have to be considering what you have seen through the first five weeks of the season. But I will also tell you in all fairness on the other side, the dude is 21 years old and still, regardless of health or whatever, has a long way to go. So I'm not worried about drafting another quarterback next year. This does allow you to live and root in the moment a little bit more. I mean, it almost gives you, in a bad way, mind you, but it almost gives you what a lot of you wanted out there. A lot of you wanted a Gardner Menchu to start and for Anthony Richardson to learn, sit on the sidelines and learn. Well, I think a lot of you got your wish. You probably didn't want to go in this particular direction, but a lot of you got your wish out of this. Yeah, of course there's a concern there, and there's going to be. And it's not just going to go away with one game, two games, three games, whatever. I mean, this is now going to be at the top of the resume. There is a promo that is running with Dave McGinnis. They had on last week the former NFL coach. He does Titans Radio um that you know talked about him being an elite level quarterback not his words those are mine I'm paraphrasing 
an elite level quarterback one of these days. It was going to be a long time to get there anyway. And now you've got more than just an accuracy wrinkle to look at, to evaluate, to believe. And it's rightly so that you can do that. But the good thing for you is with this team, the way that it's playing, and this team with the way that the schedule is made out, you can worry about that, but you can also be happy with your team winning some games because they should. Yeah, I know Jacksonville's a big one. Think about that. I mean, you match up with Jacksonville week one and then week number six, and then you're done with them. Well, payback from week number one in a game where shoulda, coulda, woulda. As an end result, the Jaguars win it. But now you're forced to live in the moment. And that can be fun. I mentioned a little bit earlier, we do have a lot to talk about. I mentioned Zach Moss offensively. And he is starting to get it. But 44 deserves a great deal of love. And I know that we're just kind of talking about it, picking our shots here. In terms of stopping Derrick Henry on fourth down. And by the way, DeForest Buckner had a lot to do with that yesterday, too. I mean, just a fantastic play. But we're in the category of the most tackles through the first five weeks of the season. When you're in that rarefied era with names on the field like Ray Lewis and Luke Keekley, and from a tackling at a high-volume standpoint, Zach Thomas in his days in Miami, that's pretty damn impressive right there. And it has been incredibly necessary. Nah, I was impressed. That was one of the more impressive wins. Well, wait a minute. Tennessee's not any good. Well, when you consider all that I just mentioned, and then you consider how Tennessee has handled the Colts in the past five in wins, and how the Colts have lost the past seven prior to yesterday inside Lucas Oil Stadium, that's a lot of crap. That's a lot of stuff to deal with. And then you had all that stuff transpire during the game. Seriously, I think, and I'd love to talk to him at some point. We'll have to try to get Gardner Minshew on at some point. There, there had to be, when he goes out, he goes out in into the huddle and he starts fist bumping his teammates out there. All that I could think of is that Ronnie Bass moment and remember the Titans when Rev got injured, the hand injury, and went out, and Ronnie Bass goes in. That's all I can think about. Have you guys ever seen a football injury, you wimps? I got this. That's how I felt yesterday. It's not all going to be golden. It's not all going to be glittery. But this team has proven that within this division, it can play. And give you something that you have not had around here in a while. A reason to feel good. And I know always on this back burner for the next month or so is going to be that of Anthony Richardson and the conversation about where, whether or not he's going to be able to stay healthy. I wish I could tell you right now if he was going to be able to. Uh, the problem is the only evidence we have seen so far is the fact that he has not. Am I still a believer? Absolutely. Do I want to see him out there? Yes, because I do believe in what Dave McGinnis had to say. I think he's just got a skill set that is incredibly good and you want to see more of. But the problem is 
you're not going to be able with how Shane Steichen wants to utilize him and why he was drafted to take him out of a lot of those RPO, a lot of those running situations when he runs into danger. I mean, there's really been nothing, no hit so far where you go, oh, man, holy crap. Nothing like that. They've just kind of been your, and I say that because I don't play and I'm not getting hit, so easy, right? You know, these kind of garden variety NFL tackles. And I'm right there with you. I'm right there because I've gone through the luck era. I also have that memory. It was endless, it was ridiculous, and it wears you out. The problem is I would also advise you to live in the moment. They have the capabilities of winning games and let them win some games, all right? Enjoy, soak up the fact that they're winning some games, and then you'll have to figure out further down the road once he's healthy again if he is going to be available. And Shane Steichen said today, again, Gardner Minshew is going to be the starter. Uh, No timetable the Colts have placed on the AC joint sprain of Anthony Richardson. A lot of people are are suggesting a month. Uh, People like me are suggesting maybe after the bye week, which comes after the trip to Germany in the second week of November. And I know that's a long damn time. Maybe not. Maybe it's quicker. But that was my thought. That was my thought when I saw that happen yesterday, and that's that's my thought right now. So you have plenty of reasons to be rightly concerned, which we'll talk about, but you also have reasons in which you can embrace this team right now and what they're doing because they have some dudes that are playing their ass off. And that's what you want. All right, 239-1070 is the number. If you guys want to dial in, as usual, on a football Monday, I leave it all up to you and I, with the exception of Stephen Holder of ESPN. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, who was on the golf course, I guess, on Saturday and got a call from Jim Irsay. Hold on, fellas. Go ahead and move on down the road. I've got to talk to the Colts owner. We'll go over that and a lot more with Jim Irsay. A little bit of the nuts and the bolts that went on deciding to extend Jonathan Taylor. I think it was Stephen Holder that had the quote of from Jim Mercer that, you know, it was a little bit earlier than I wanted. I know I sit there and I think, all right, so they're just waiting to see if they were healthy before he actually went out there and played in a game. There is so much more to it than that. And full disclosure, the only person you're ever going to get that out of is the Colts owner. You're never going to get that out of Jonathan Taylor. Never. So when people are saying, you think we're ever going to understand what went down? Well, we're not from the Jonathan Taylor side of things. We may from the Jim Irsay side of things one of these days, but not from Jonathan Taylor. But it appears that everybody is balanced and on the same page right now, and that is a good thing for you Colts fans. Pacers preseason last night. Maybe a little bit of conversation for that. They'll close that week number five in Monday Night Football later on tonight. The Major League Baseball playoffs going on. Notre Dame fans were bummed big time down in Louisville on Saturday night. And we were talking about the Miami coaching call that was uh, the gaff among gaffes. But a lot about the Colts. A lot about the quarterback, the rookie, the injury. Your concerns, but also being able to live in the moment of this team, giving you something you hadn't seen in seven times at Lucas Oil Stadium. 
And even against a team like Tennessee that's not that great, what I felt was an impressive win. All right, 239-1070. The email address is jmv1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, it's brought to you by Win Schuler, Spreadable cheeses, spreadability all over the place. We just got to find it. My man Damon said he went down to the Southport Road Mire and asked about Win Schuler's cheeses in the refrigerated case, and somebody came up to him and said, oh, yeah, is that the cheese that that guy on the radio talks about all the time, and that's why we're out, which I love. But we got to get some of that in stock. Kroger and Meyer locations, original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and pepper jack. Win Schuler's spreadable cheeses. The Lounge via YouTube Live and the Ride with JMV sponsor. Now, the Eagles and Steve Miller tonight, the first of two, I believe, at Cambridge Fieldhouse, right? Not the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles, Don Henley Eagles. And Steve Miller. Steve Miller substituted. Steve Miller's kind of like Gardner Minshew in the next two nights here. Steve Miller bands in for Steely Dan. So, yeah, that makes Anthony Richardson, I guess, Steely Dan. All right, quick break. We'll come back. Trackside coming up later on tonight. Colts Roundtable is at you at 6 o'clock. Me and you until 5. 93.5. The Fan. The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on. Yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Colts left to right. They're on the move. And Anthony Richardson's going to pull it out. He's going to run it right side. He's across the 25, trying to get to the 30. He's down to the 29. And Anthony Richardson is down on the field. And Lara Overton looks like he's pointing to his right shoulder after taking a shot on that rushing play. Yep. Harold Landry was draped on his back to bring him down. Anthony Richardson is currently sitting on the field, writhing in pain. He is grabbing his right shoulder at this point in time. And he's also reaching toward that ankle. He got wrapped up really good as he's being brought down to the turf. But he is visibly in pain right now, trying to shake it off as he is surrounded by several members of the Colts medical staff. Yeah, well done right there. That paints a good picture. And Anthony Richardson still down on the field being tended to. He took that play off right edge after faking a handoff to Zach Moss and then sprinted upfield. And we have a timeout to take a look at Anthony Richardson. So we'll step aside and uh, hopefully give you more on the scene here with the Colts quarterback. Uh, you could tell that was a bummer. It's uh, Matt Taylor, Lara Overton right there, uh, Colts Radio Network. And it's, it's a bummer for everybody, and I completely understand where you are. But I will advise you, if you're somebody right now that, you know, obviously is a non-believer, as I mentioned earlier, if you think that this is a tremendous red flag of his future, of staying healthy, I have zero reason to tell you that you're inaccurate because of what we've witnessed through five weeks. Now, my only, only counter is, all right, still really early, he's 21, whatever. But you have, honestly, you've been down this path so much at that position in the past with one particular player. That is, um, that's something I incredibly understand. So, yep, way that is. I, I just also, I want to advise you that it is okay to live in the moment of this team winning a game. Live in the moment of this team being competitive within its division and competitive in terms of its schedule. I would advise that too. Just a thought. Get back to that coming up in a minute too. And Isaiah Franklin has been fantastic so far. 
Defense stepped back up yesterday. I know Tennessee's not that great, but that's a division rival that has spanked you five times. And really, in the fashion in which the Colts beat them yesterday, oftentimes that's what we have seen Tennessee doing to the Colts. The reversal of fortune felt nice to Colts fans yesterday, and it should. There's any question about it. At JMV, so leaving the game Sunday when we're that car stalled in the middle of West across from Military Park, huge shout out to Chris Ballard, who was the only one who stopped to see if we needed assistance. Now, this is from Scott. Again, leaving the game Sunday, we had that car. I didn't see because I don't go that direction. That car that had stalled in the middle of West Street across from Military Park. Huge shout out to Chris Ballard, who was the only one who stopped to see if we needed assistance. Wow. Yeah, by the way, that reentry brought to you by your friends at the Shane Company. Uh, the Shane Company, the best in diamonds. 239-1070. Scott, thank you for that tweet. Roman's going to start today. Hello, Roman. Welcome to the show. How are you? All right, it's actually Roland, and it's uh, uh, good to talk with you. I love me some Anthony Richardson, but we got two capable running backs. He cannot be putting in those positions. We need to uh, really explore his passing uh, game more and use our running backs more. That design play stuff, I get it. It's going to happen, but we see what happens. You hey, Sorry, Roman, that was not me, Roman. I think that was your line right there. See, the adjustment they're going to make with Gardner Minshew is what we have seen in terms of him coming in you know, as a starter. I don't know. I could be wrong about this. I could be wrong about this. And maybe it's because he puts the ball on the hands, you know, in that, that catch window, that catch radius for his guys because the ball is always right there. Gardner Minshew... Kind of like C.J. Stroud said, for example, back at the Combine in February, I'm a ball placement specialist. Remember how aroused that got me? Sports arousal. I'm a ball placement specialist. Gardner Minshew puts the ball where it needs to go for the play that is called. And it seems to me, this is something that I really need to ask Rick Venturi. Rick, if you're listening right now, text me and tell me that I'm wrong or right. But it seems like with Gardner Minshew in there, and certainly I would rather have Anthony Richardson because you want the future in there. I'm just talking about living in this moment in which we're in. Seems like Gardner Minshew, when he's out there, the receivers, for whatever reason, create more space or have more space. I'm assuming it's adjusted routes, it's more crossers, things of that nature. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But I even think, that Alec Pierce creates more space and not just for home run balls because that's been few and far between. It just seems like that this receiving group creates more space on their routes when Minshew has been under center than so far with Richardson. Am I wrong about that? Rick, if you're listening, you let me know if I'm right or wrong. Uh, Brian's up next to two, three, nine, 10, 70. Hello, Brian. Hey, John. Hey, um, I got Anthony Richardson agree that uh, as a fan, you know, the strategy, the only way to win is by losing is definitely getting old. Uh, so uh, I'm all for the wins. They're 
a lot more fun to watch. Um, but as far as Anthony Richardson, I noticed even immediately, and this could be the dumbest comment you get all day, to be honest, but uh, I noticed immediately in training camp, he comes out, he looks like a freak of nature as far as his, you know, his build, but he has these really low-profile pads and helmets, and the guys that are tackling him have a lot bigger pads and helmet, and I wonder, is that a simple you know, thing to, to help him just knock it? Two out of three of those injuries maybe could have been prevented from a little more padding. Man, I, I don't know. I, I just it they didn't stand none of these hits stand out to me, you know, other than the fact you're kind of running around and that's just what happens when you're running around. And you're talking about, you know, a six four, two hundred and fifty, sixty pound dude out there. So that's that would concern me more than him padding up more here or there. What would concern me the most is this offense is designed to best benefit him. And if it's not him, then what what do you do? And that's again a conversation for further down the road, but I think everybody has every reason to justify you know, in terms of being concerned about where this team is right now and where the health and, you know, the brittleness or lack thereof with Richardson, I, I think you have every reason to be concerned about that right now, especially the reason they bring him in and the playbook, the way that this thing is sculpted and blueprinted out is to be the definition of what he does and what he does well and how they have that vision for him. And that's that's why this is an overwhelming concern, I think, more so than anything else because it has some such a broad, long-lasting effect on this team and its offense moving forward. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I wonder, can the pads get any smaller? <laughs> and I know it's a simple thing, but like, let's help him out. If he's going to be physical, you know, let's let's just, you know, put some padding around him. So that was just a simple, hopeful uh, improvement they might consider. And Brian, thank you for the call. It's almost like so far, if, if you're really going to protect him with what. What Brian just brought up, I mean, you can't put, you cannot put that dude in a glass case with the way this offense is designed and how they want him to play. You just can't do it. You cannot do it. If he is not able to be himself in the long-term future, then he is not going to be what they thought he was going to be. That is the cut of the dry of it. I'm not going to tell you to worry, to freak out, to lose your mind over it, but that is the definition of where you are right now. That would be the concern. This portion of the show and a reaction to week number five of the Colts win over the Titans brought to you by the Shane Company. Made to shine. Fine jewelry since 1929. That is the Shane Company. Chris here before the break at 239-1070. Hello, Chris. Hey, real quick, on the Shane sponsor, thank you. If you want to make your significant other happy, go get him something nice. Um, Shane takes care of you. Yeah, brother. Um, but I just want to say, you know, this year, you know, always, you know, the last few years, kind of skeptical, hoping for a four or five win competitive team. This team, like you said earlier, has given the city hope. I mean, for the first time in a long time, I hear people saying, go Colts, you know, last three or four years, happy. Um, and I'm okay with growing pains. I'm okay with the young man. I'm not okay with him being hurt, but he'll learn how to protect his body. Um, and offensive line, lights out. I don't know if he touched on this or not, but played great. Um, the only thing, it's small. 
that I even have any complaints about is, as we saw yesterday, more involvement of Josh Downs. And I hope they continue on that trend. I'll listen to your response, and then I'll hang up. You got it, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks for the call. This is what I was talking about regarding Anthony Richardson. So when you draft him, and this is from Indy Braves at Janvey 1070, um, the running element is the reason why he was so highly coveted. I mean, that is the added. If it were just dropping back and throwing it, then that would not be the same here. But it is the running ability and the legs. And even though his arm looks really, really good without the legs, he's not that guy that you draft number four overall. The best ability is availability. And, and that's why when you say, well, padding this, and at some point, he's just going to have to be who they hope he is. That's why you bring this up as a concern. You guys foresee any adjustment? I mean, taking away just any portion of the playbook that you have, you know, in an RPO with him using his legs, it what it does is it... You would say, why did you draft him in the first place then if you have to... And and listen, after five weeks, you're going to be jumping the gun. There's still a long way to go for a 21-year-old guy. But I completely understand why you're freaking out about this. And and Brian, that's okay. I know everybody's thinking about exactly what you're going to do. You know, Brian mentioned padding and others had mentioned, you know, maybe dial down the playbook a little bit. Don't put him in harm's way. They drafted him for him to be in harm's way. There's no way out of this. No way out of this. Either he's going to be or he isn't. And I know that that's not the answer you want to get. You got to have something right now, something hardcore. I don't have anything hardcore for you. I don't know what adjustments you're ever going to be able to make. You can't put him in a glass case. You can't put, well, I guess you do have bouncers on either side of him on the offensive line. But when he gets out there and he takes hits, I don't even know how other than sliding when you're on the run in the middle of the field, like yesterday, Big guys are going to take him down and then roll over on top of him at times, and that's what's going to happen. See, I think that, to me, is the most troublesome portion of it is the hit that we talked about yesterday wasn't anything that would stand out for you. You know, it was like going into concussion protocol after that Houston game. That wasn't a hit that would stand out. But you have to be available, and they are not dialing down this playbook. All right, quick break. We'll come back. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. And again, Stephen Holder joins us coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Some of the other things we will ask him coming up as well. Colts Roundtable, Joe Wrights, Rick Venturi, Matt Taylor coming up at 6 o'clock. Colts get a big win yesterday, though. i thoroughly impressed across the board with being able to get through all that crap and the makeup of that game and what went into that game, the losing streak, how Tennessee had handled them in the past five, getting that win yesterday. Yeah, I was impressed. I was. Quick break. Back with the next. The Ride with JMV. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Third and short for the Colts. Quick shotgun snap for Richardson. Big run for 
And that, by the way, Matt Taylor on the Colts Radio Network. I say tremendous afternoon yesterday, 23 for 165. That's over a seven yards per average. And, of course, bit off 56 on one of two touchdown runs. And as Gardner Minshew mentioned after the game, he was just happy that he was in his fantasy football lineup. Hopefully you guys had Zach Moss in your fantasy lineup. I'm assuming that probably gave you, what, 33 or so? Hey, by the way, I lost by less than a point again. What kind of jackassery is going on in this league? <laughs> less than a point. See, I got lucky because I had Jamar Chase and DJ Moore on one of my uh, fantasy teams, so I was doing quite well this weekend. I lost this twice. I've lost by less than a point. Somebody's doing something. Something's happening here. I like it. Uh, Colts win 23-16 in Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. we got a lot to talk about as we move forward this week regarding that matchup, that rematch, if you will, from week number one. 14 in the fourth quarter in week one. And Jacksonville ends up getting the win. In case you missed us earlier today, Shane Steichen didn't really elaborate too much on Richardson and that AC joint sprain, the injury that he has to his shoulder. I think the quote was, we'll miss some time. And talked up considerations option-wise, not ruling out IR. And, of course, Gardner Menchu will start coming up on Sunday. So, yeah, I was wrong when I said that back in the summer. Um, you know, I said it's going to be a complete disaster. There's nothing disastrous about this right now. I mean, it's a bummer that he is injured and you're going to be bummed about it, and I get it, but in terms of where you are at this moment with this team being 3-2, and two, I talk about Win Shuler's cheese having spreadability. This team's got winnability, especially within their division, as we've seen, and this schedule. So that should pique your interest. Quick break, we'll come back. If you're set up here, I'll get you on hold coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Stephen Holder is going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour to reminisce about Jonathan Taylor and that extension that he signed that was announced on Saturday, uh, the moments leading up to that, and the further usage of Jonathan Taylor along with Zach Moss, Stephen Holder in the 5 o'clock hour. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, an hour or two straight ahead right here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. We have the Holy Hand Grenade. Yes, of course. The Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch. Right. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is fourth and a long yard. Colts lead 20 to 16. Here we go. Tannehill backing up into the shotgun. Sends a couple of people in motion. Now Chris Moore goes to the left side. They give it to Derrick Henry. He is hit at the line of scrimmage. Pushed backwards, and the Colts defense has come up with a stop. Zaire Franklin in the face of Derrick Henry. A stop on fourth down. Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi right there. Zaire Franklin had the capper on that fourth down play defensively, but credit with DeForest Buckner up front right there. Zaire Franklin has been a monster so far this year. Absolute monster. 
Start giving the guys some major, some national love. Somebody gave him some love yesterday. I think he responded to it. Was it Ryan Clark of ESPN? Somebody did. And he responded to it. Um, Anthony Richardson, once again, in case you missed Shane Steichen's meeting with the media about an hour and a half or so ago. I haven't decided exactly how they're going to handle this, considering options. IR being one, did not give a timetable. AC joint sprain. He is going to miss some time. And Gardner Minshew is going to be your starter and a starter coming up in Jacksonville on Sunday. That you knew. That you knew. But a lot of the ground we're covering today is regarding Anthony Richardson and the concern that he is just going to be an injury-riddled quarterback. Nick writes this, do the injuries suck? Yes. I do feel some relief in the fact that these just seem like bad luck injuries. Now, the knee, ankle, week one, that's just going to happen. He's going to take a helmet to the knee. Concussion was a learning moment. The shoulder was just bad luck. Um, But here's the thing, Nick. You're not going to convince most people around here that have uh, lived through and gone through the Andrew Luck era of injury concerns not to freak out about it. You're just not. And I'm I'm telling you, I I don't know if I expect him to maintain health until I see it. There are just some things that you don't know. And like most situations, you do go by the past experience. And unfortunately, there's only been five games and those haven't been great for him. was staying on the field, being available in mind. So I'm not going to tell you not to freak out because you've been down this path before. Now, if I were going to tell you something, hey, the dude's 21, and we'll see. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it with you. Oh, yeah, you know what? Everything is going to be okay. It has been such a long time around here since what? Since, quote, everything has been okay. But I will tell you this. The one thing that you should allow yourself to do is to have some fun watching this team far from a great team, but have some fun. Enjoy watching Minshew. There are going to be moments when it's not going to be great, but within this division and with their schedule, they've got a puncher's chance. I never would have thought. I thought you know, even with this schedule, they would get devoured, but they have been in some spots much better than what I had thought. And when I mentioned back in the summertime that the only way you were going to see Gardner Minshew, both of those ways would have been disastrous. I'm not quite ready to call this a disaster in the moment. It could be further down the road with Richardson, but as far as that's concerned right now, I was wrong because you have him in there. And again, you have an opportunity. He does give you an opportunity. You have what you've been looking for in a season. You have interest. And you have a team that is capable even within its schedule and certainly its own division to be competitive. And I know I've talked about the Pacers of a year ago, and that didn't end great because they didn't go to the postseason. 
But when they set the bar so low at the beginning, you know, they gave you a thrill. They gave you a jolt. And that's the reason why jackasses like me are picking them to win 45 games this year. Because you have that have that belief that they can be better. They built that a year ago, and there are some similarities to what happened a year ago with the Pacers to what you're seeing right now with the Colts, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like you're saying, well, you're making too much over beating a bad team. I'm not making too much over beating a bad team. You consider all these circumstances they had to walk with going into that Week 5 matchup with Tennessee yesterday, and then their quarterback going down. Five consecutive losses to the Titans. Not thorough beatdowns, but just out-toughed, outsmarted, outwitted, outplayed. You consider they lost seven consecutive going into that game at home, which is a high-water mark for Lucas Oil Stadium and the second-highest in the history of the Colts here in Indy. That's a big deal. I mean, all that was brewing. And they got around it and got a win. So I'm not, I am not overstating the impression I had on that win. And not just because I called it a must win. I think by now you understand the must win variety. But yesterday was a big deal. But I'm also not going to sit here and tell you not to be worried about Richardson because, yeah, frankly, until I see him out there consistently, and who knows when that is going to be from this point on, then I'm going to have concerns. You are right to have concerns. But as I mentioned with that, I would also live in the moment of this team being more competitive and certainly competitive, you know, given their schedule opportunities and being within the AFC South. Right, 239-1070 is the number. The email address, jmv at 1075thefan.com. Inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge, that's YouTube Live, uh, you can get in there, watch, listen, participate. Just going to check out what's being said right now. Yeah. Oh, we got a bot. We got a bot in there, James. Adult dating chat. I do not want to have any adult dating chat going on in here. Who brought the adult dating chat bot in? Yeah, otherwise, at JMV1070 on Twitter and 239-1070 is the number. Uh, John Buzzer said, hey, Richards is going to be fine. It's like getting a brand new car and scratching it before you even make the first payment. You freak out a little bit. Unless you brought a brand new Mercure back in 1986, and then you probably more than sweated that out. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, James just sent me that. Man, Zaire Franklin was outstanding. has been so good. Think about that. First five weeks of the season. Uh, the most tackles in history right there in the neighborhood of, of Ray Lewis and of Luke Keekley. I mentioned Zach Thomas. Pretty impressive. Uh, BT says, so you're saying, JMV, that the Colts should not trade Minshew for a third rounder. Yes. <laughs> I am. That's why you have him here. Uh, Kay Adams says, great win yesterday, but it's going to be a long year for the Colts secondary. But we kind of knew that going in, didn't we? I will say this. Juju Brents, Juju Brents may at times 
I don't even know. I don't know how much he even struggled yesterday. I'd have to look at the numbers a little bit more closely. The thing that I noticed about him is my man is forgetful, and that's good. Now he'll forget about it and go right back at it. What that was that illegal contact he got called for? I think, and he freaked out about that for a minute, and then went right back to it. Those were concerns, however, that we were going to have. I think anyway. Hey, Jamvi, after years of watching backup quarterbacks, including Minshew, come to Indy to beat the Colts, it's nice to be on the other side of that once. Life's coming full circle. I mean, you, you just you can't live with this slip rockish. You can be concerned, and you should be, you know, regarding Richardson and being injured as much. I, I shouldn't even say injured as much. Missing this amount of time. Now, there are examples in the past. I know. I know how much time that, you know, guys like Matthew Stafford had missed. I know Josh Allen, I believe, in his rookie season missed some time, too, with an injured elbow. I know there are examples, and that's a good thing. But I'm sure those teams went through. Consider Josh Allen. You get injured, right? And you miss a lot of time. And there are a lot of people thinking that that wasn't the call anyplace. And he did prove a lot of people wrong. Now, that's just what Richardson is going to have to do. But to put him in a glass case, you know, more cushion or, you know, take bits and pieces out of the playbook, that's not why you drafted the guy. This is just something you're going to have to get over. They drafted the guy at number four because of the overall skill set. He has to be able to give them that skill uh, skill set option and be available. No way around it. Now, Steve's up next at 239-1070. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, John. Hello, Steve. Hey, Tim, my man. Great, brother. Hey, listen, uh, as far as Anthony Richardson is concerned, you know I'm a big Gator fan. I know you are. Yeah, I've I've followed the Gators, you know, forever and ever. Amen. Was born and raised a Gator, and probably always will be a Gator. But with regards to Anthony Richardson, I hoped back last year that he would stay in Florida, because if you look at his uh, upbringing, you know, he was a red shirt freshman back in 2021, and he played behind Emory Jones, who was primarily an option quarterback. And he studied under the tutelage of Dan Mullen, who was a primarily running coach. He had no actual quarterbacking, you know, tutelage when he was in Florida. And with Billy Napier coming in this year, I thought he would get more because they've improved that, you know, because they've, you know, brought in some, you know, help in that area. Uh, I think. Anthony Richardson's going to be just fine. I was tickled to death when the Gators got him because I think Shane Steichen is an up-and-coming, you know, star in this league. And I think with his tutelage, he is going to be a, a rock star for us for a long time. With regards to his injuries, he has to learn how the NFL is different from – college even with the sec it's night and day i played college ball 
and and not at the level that of course they did. Yeah, and and what what you're telling me here, Steve, is you're just I mean he's just going to have to be himself, and you're going to get either he gets past this stuff or he doesn't. That's it. I mean, that's that's going to yeah. be it. Well, so and he, he I, I got I got hey Steve, I got to run and get some other folks here, but I get what you're talking about too, and I'll see you out hopefully downtown here on Friday at walk-ons. Okay, sir. All right, Steve. I, I know where he's going with this. And I know him to be a huge Gator fan. What I maintain is you have every right to worry. But as far as, you know, these unique and original ideas of protection, I guess I can listen to protecting yourself more. But even that is going to fall victim to the fact that this is why they drafted him. For that aspect, it's the reason why so many, even beyond the Colts, had interest in him. And that part, you're not going to change. So either he comes back and either he's able to do some things through their coaching where it better protects himself or he just has better fortune. But there's really nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it until you see him out there and sustainably out there. I I wish there's no magic formula that I have for you. And, you know, a thousand people could come up with these great ideas, so-called great ideas. Or you can sit here right now and say, well, the guy is going to be a bust. Or you can tell me that everything is going to be okay. Yeah, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. My answer for you right now is to go ahead and kind of ride out the moment with what what you got with this team. And then coming up in a month, maybe after the bye week, if and when he reemerges as the starter, then we'll punch that clock again. But, you know, this this all changing like and I've seen the story about, you know, a similar injury in high school. It's it's not like the Colts went into that like a blind man with a cane. I mean, they, I'm sure that this this was vetted to every last, and and you know you don't have any concerns. I, I just I don't have any long term answers for you, and the only thing that I can really tell you is the dude is 21 and he's still learning, and that part's okay. But again, you get a major red flag when you're out there and you're not available. But even in this situation, even in this situation, just feel fortunate that you're able to be with a team in a division with a schedule that it's reasonable to consider that they can win, certainly be competitive. So you can live in that moment and then worry about whether or not you're talking about a fourth overall selection, a quarterback bust, whenever he comes back and you see some more. Yeah, those are the answers I have for you right now. Blaze is up next at 239-1070. Hello, Blaze. Hello, Blaze. No Blaze right there. Blaze sounds like a unique name. Is yeah. that a chick or a dude? It was a dude. A very stripper-like name right yeah, there. A little bit. Blaze. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I don't know. I guess it could be. It could be like a nickname Blaze. or something. Blaze. You have to be good at something. Very talented at something to be called Blaze, mm-hmm. don't you? Yeah. 
I would think you need to be like a race car driver or something. That sounds like a good race car driver name. Hey, my name, I wouldn't be a good Blaze, would I? I'd look in the uh, mirror and go, I think I would question why I was <laughs> named Blaze a little bit. Hey, Jamie, as you said earlier, it was a must win, especially yeah. after number five went out. Had to show that they weren't going to fold. Any win is a good win. I thought it was even more. When Richardson went out, I thought it was even more. And that's why I, I do hang a great deal of impression on that win. Because there was a lot of crap that went down before and during that game that they had to deal with that we have seen other Colts teams in the past fold because of, fade because of. Keeping your interest. Uh, C. Fitz says Blaze could be a nickname for a pot smoker. That's why I want to laugh and make something out of AC joint here. What about, what's so bad about your AC joint? A blaze could be an activity. Oh, yeah. Two, unfortunately, not available in Indiana yet. George, you are speaking, singing to the choir right here, George. And listen, I'm not going to sit around like I'm Cheech and Chong one of these days, but it's two things. I've got 40 acres that are ready, willing, and able to plant, to farm, to cultivate, make some money off of it. And if that stuff helps your injuries, I'm going to raise. See, my shoulder's a little dinged up, too. It was called an impingement. Not a sprained AC joint. I'm going to raise my hand and say I'm ready for anything that is going to take away the pain. Thank you, George. I'm right there with you on that, George. I am. Hey, JMV, do you think Moss should remain the starter over Taylor? Are you concerned when Taylor takes over as a starter, Moss will become irrelevant? I like Moss a lot. I hope he is just as good as when he gets less carries. The thing that you notice as somebody that follows this team is uh, I said all hands on deck a little bit earlier. The more the merrier also applies, whether you call that a cliche or not. That's okay. But you have to have lots of dudes because this team has lots of dudes that get injured. Yeah, that's why I so joked a couple of weeks ago after that Baltimore game when people were saying, well, you got to trade Gardner Minshew. You got to trade him and you got to get some draft capital. And I so want to just shove draft capital up all of your loving draft capital rear ends. I would love to do that because it drives me insane when I hear it. But the reason why you would have to be plumb stupid to even consider that as an option is you have a guy that now you can lean on. Now, I don't know if this is wrong or right to bring this up. I don't know if this is wrong or right, but I'm on to anyway, because this is what I've gathered, and I kind of want to know how many of you are lurking out there. How many of you right now believe for the month, month plus, whatever, and the speculation that the rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson, is going to miss, how many of you out there believe that as of right now, in terms of winning, that right now it gives the Colts a better option. Right now. And you might even be more interested because of it. You don't want an injury 
Now, you don't want an injury to be on Anthony Richardson right now. I'm not suggesting that. But how many of you get just a little bit pumped because you want to see more? Because I know I heard from you in the summertime regarding Minshew and everybody that wanted Anthony Richardson to take a back seat. But how many of you might become more interested because of it? I'm just curious. Like I, I don't want to I don't want to see it because of this. But I know that that theory, I know that thought is prevalent out there. I just kind of want to know how prevalent. T-Mobile Ray. I saw T-Mobile Ray yesterday after the Colts pregame huddle. Ray, how are you? Hey, JMV. Hello, Ray. How you doing? Here, um, the YouTube chat does you no good, bro. Um, we got some problems in there right now. Show more in person. Do I need to... Uh, do I need to put the smack down on the YouTube chatters right now? Is everything going okay? No, no. I'm oh. better person, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you very much, man. T-Mobile Ray. I didn't know if I had to get in there and like be hall monitor or something like that. So that's what I was thinking. No. Okay. No, but I, one, I, of your I, colleagues, one of your colleagues do want me to um, put you over my lap and, and spank that tail just like uh, the coach did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Now, who was that again? Uh, Kevin Bowen, he he he, he uh, referred me to lay you across my lap and spank your butt um, because you scoffed at my take when when I seen you down there at Touchdown Town about oh. bullies and all that. You told yeah. well, well, let me get this straight. You told Kevin Bowen you're going to spank my butt. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> you you scoffed at me, Jam. How, how did how did how did Kevin Bowen handle that statement? Well, he he referred me to lay you across my lap. Now I, I didn't bring it up. He brought it up. <laughs> oh man, Ray! Come on, Ray! <laughs> I, I scoff at a lot of things, man. Yeah, but you should have believed me, JMV. I, I knew it was gonna happen. I know, know but I, I scoff at a lot of things. I do. So I'm I'm an equal opportunity scoffer. <laughs> well, I want to do this, man, because you know. Yes. It's been a long time coming. Um, five straight, I told him when I got in the stadium, it wasn't nothing. But um, I want to focus on this. We need to let, – let's put the Anthony Richardson thing to tomorrow. I know it's a big thing, but once you finally get the bully and you push the bully back in his mouth, it's a great day, man. That was a great win yesterday. Yeah. I'm pumped about it. Three and two going down to Jacksonville to slay another demon. Oh, man, it, it, this is a hot time in Indiana football right here. Well, T-Mobile Ray, a little enthusiasm. Great to see you yesterday, too, man. <laughs> All right. I'll check you out. Uh, what, what's that? Uh, in about two weeks. And, you know, hey, tell Bill Brooks, quit running from him. Give me a one-on-one route with him. <laughs> T-Mobile Ray, I saw him yesterday in Touchdown Town. JMV, I know this isn't going to happen, but I just wondered if it was a fantasy hypothetical, would you trade up in next year's draft if it were Taylor and, say, get number C? I love you, Josh. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do that. Now, I know that on the other hand, I will sit here and tell you that I actively hope, like Minnesota's season, as if a one and four starts not bad enough, uh, circles the drain, much like I've hoped the Bengals might to see if, because in free agency at wide receiver, there is nothing very good. Not a great one at all.
But I'd like to see one of these major wide receivers be able to shake themselves loose out of an organization into another. And I brought this up yesterday, and you know they all go on the say, oh, well, how is that going to happen? Well, you know what? With A.J. Brown, it happened. It happened on a draft night, and the head coach didn't like it. Mike Vrabel didn't like it. But look what that did to add to what Philadelphia has. Yeah, my hope is that maybe one of these these wide receivers needs a change of scenery. That's when I'll talk about a trade. I just I know a lot of people suggest you're going to have to improve your wide receiver position through the draft. I just hope that there's another measured way you can do that through a trade. And I'm not really concerned about losing and having the opportunity to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. or any of that. I'd rather see this team win and then realize what you have to do and then go out and do it in the offseason. You know, if they don't win, you know, at a high level, whatever, but be competitive, put a little bit of juice, a little bit of jolt back into a fan base that has withered and gone away over the past year and a half. Give them some reason for interest. And even through this particular injury to Richardson, with the way that the backup has closed games and this team is now 3-2, and two, you got that going into the middle portion of October, which is certainly better than what we were thinking about going into late October a year ago. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. Stephen Holder coming up at the 5 o'clock hour as well. Where we're going to be Thursday and Friday, too. And you could win some tickets. I'll tell you when and where a little bit later on. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- Lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Tannehill between the hash marks. Three receivers deployed to the right side. Spears is back to the left. Waiting on a shotgun snap. He takes a belt high. Backs to throw. In the pocket. Looking. Going to chuck it downfield. It's picked off by the Colts. Intercepted by Indianapolis at the 50-yard line. And that's Julian Blackman with the game-sealing interception with 10 seconds to go. Colts are going to win. An interception by the Colts defense at the 50-yard line. And the streak will die today against the Tennessee Titans. I'm Matt Taylor on the call right there on the Colts Radio Network. Stephen Holder joins us coming up at 5. Uh, Wednesday show is at uh, Iron Eagle Wednesday of CBS. We got uh, Ian Rappaport, I think, of NFL Network is going to join us coming up on Wednesday as well. Mousetrap, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming up on Thursday on Keystone. Me and our betting analyst, Brent Halverson. I think DeForest Buckner later on this week as well. I've just got to uh, get a time worked out for DeForest on the show. And then Friday, Walk-ons downtown. Walk-ons on South Meridian downtown. That's a Bud Light Blue Friday with Colts tickets to give away. So that's Friday in what is going to vault into a busy weekend. Really busy. I know Notre Dame fans had a bad weekend, didn't you? Man, you got depanced by Louisville. Well, Louisville looked good. Louisville looked good and fast. Was that a deep pantsing? Last night, San Francisco over Dallas was a deep pantsing. Was Louisville over Notre Dame a deep pantsing? Because it didn't didn't seem like 
especially into the fourth quarter, that you're giving Notre Dame much of a chance. It didn't seem like they had a chance. That's what I would describe as a depancing. JMV, can we give a shout-out to Josh Downs for his performance yesterday? I thought he was great. Meanwhile, Alec Pierce was not existent once again. I will tell you this, and I'm not trying to make a correlation that you know Anthony Richardson is bad for Alec Pierce, but you watch Alec Pierce become, and you're also going to argue, how could you not become more of a threat considering what you've offered production-wise so far, but you watch him become much more of an option threat with – Gardner Minshew, the other thing that stands out, and I'm awaiting confirmation or lack thereof from Rick Venturi, but it seems like receivers get much more separation with Minshew out there than they do right now with Richardson. Maybe that's just because of the the ball placement. Maybe you're you know taking you know some of those options, those obvious options away from Richardson. Maybe that's the reason why. But that is certainly the appearance that I have seen when Minshew has been in there. Minshew is going to be your starter. Nothing timetable-wise from the Colts regarding Anthony Richardson, the 21-year-old rookie quarterback, and missed time. But some of the educated guesses out there are a month, maybe after the bye week, which comes after their New England game and that trip to Frankfurt, Germany. By the way, New England's an absolute mess. You look at that Colts schedule, and... Rethink it a little bit and tell me what you think. JMV, I believe Frank Reich is now 2-13-1 and and in his last 16 games as a head coach. Panthers fans I follow on Twitter are hilariously already bailing on a sinking ship. Yeah, was it last week when he talked about a play that didn't go right and he mentioned that it was for Adam Thielen and he forgot that Thielen was on the sideline with an injury or something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, JMV, nobody in the chat is worried about AR. Where is us, the hysteria you guys keep talking about? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. It may not be inside the chat because they may be talking about something else inside the chat. I haven't noticed. I'm just telling you that there's freaking out going on regarding the number four overall young 21-year-old draft selection given his lack of availability. And I'm just justifying it with what has taken place with luck in the past. Now, while I also justify that, I tell you to live in the moment. So I, I don't know what why anybody would be bent out of shape about it. I guess I don't care. But that's just the thought. So I don't know. I'd have to look inside the chat and see exactly what you guys are talking about right now. Jump in there really quick. Are you guys concerned about Anthony Richardson's health in the future? I got Buffalo owns Miami from Peaches. That's what I got. Oh, this is from Sean. This is the same guy. No, Sean Allen. This is Sean Adams. All I heard before the season from the so-called experts, this guy's a huge douche, by the way. But that's okay. I'm glad you're in there. Douchey or not, you're welcome. But he's a huge douche. How's that looking now? Looks like Ballard knows what he is doing. All right. They're three and two. (laughs) And Ballard knows what he's doing after six years, into year seven. Okay, everybody's wrong. 
See, not everybody's wrong, and nobody's been proven right. I'm just telling you to live in the moment of a 3-2 and two team. I'm not suggesting that right now everything is great. I told you douchey. But again, we welcome in douchiness inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Hello, Tim. How are you? What's going on here? Blaze, are you back? Blaze, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead, Blaze. You do not sound you do not sound like a stripper. Is that your real name? No, I no, that's not my name. We uh we share the common name. Oh. I remember a guy named he used to play here named Blaze Winter, was a defensive player back in the eighties for the Colts. Spelled it spelled it differently than it was spelled here though. Anyway, that didn't matter. Go ahead. Yes, JMV. Um, as a Colts fan, I think we just we have the PSTD for luck, and I think we do need to relax on Anthony Richardson because nobody's really. It's not the hit, JMV. It's the real culprit is the turf. The turf is causing these injuries. It caused him to bang up his knee. He got sandwiched in between a couple defenders and hurt his ankle. He hit his head on the turf. Mo Ali hit his head on the turf. He got probably got a concussion. He just, it's the shoulder hitting the turf. It's the playing surface. So what could we do better if we had another chance to get Andrew Luck again? So we do have to protect him in a sense of the experience has to be a teacher. We can't change his playing style, but guess what? We might have to do like the caller, Brian, earlier. Maybe look at his padding because I see a difference between Anthony Richardson and Jalen Richardson in their padding. I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts in their padding. Jalen Hurts plays the same way, but he's very much padded on these Sundays playing for the Eagles. He almost ran for 100 yards yesterday. He has a little bit more availability. He's taking these same hits. We just have to let experience be a teacher. We got to learn to help Anthony, and Anthony has to learn to help himself. Well, and and, and Blaze, thank you for the call. While I am not fully down with it's the turf that's the problem, at some point, every field in the NFL is going to be natural. That is coming. And I know that you got to do a lot of things to do it. It's going to be costly. But at some point, the NFL is going to get what it wants on this, and too many people want that. So at, at some point, it is going to happen. But I just look at it this way. <laughs> if you're worried about the turf being an issue for your rookie quarterback and why he can't maintain health, and then you drafted the wrong dude here. And those out there that are concerned about the longer-term future, as I mentioned back in the opening segment, this is a guy that was drafted. And this is a guy that they drafted a playbook in his image. He has to be able to run. That's never going to go away. Got plenty of time to figure it out here whether or not he's going to be able to. But to suggest that everybody's silly because, you know, they have thoughts of, "Uh uh-oh, what's happening here? There's nothing silly about it. It is okay to do both. It is okay to be concerned about that, but also live in the moment of the fact that you have a team that is 
so far the season been naturally competitive within its division and certainly on its schedule. I mean, I just ultimately they're going to change that up. It's going to be natural grass everywhere, but I'm just not going to sit here and suggest that that is going to be the major of major concerns. Well, look what happened to Andrew Luck. Yeah, I know what happened to Andrew Luck. He took on linebackers and got bent over backwards by a rusted out folding chair. That's that's what I know that was. I, I know that's why you have that thought in mind. That's realistic. That's accurate. But this is just something that Anthony, this team, and its coach, they're going to have to get past. In one of these days, everybody's going to have natural grass, but that's not going to be tomorrow. It's not going to be in a month or two months, presumably when he is going to be back. All right, quick break. We'll come back with you. Stephen Holder coming up at the top of the hour. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Well, wait just a minute. Did anybody f- knock anymore? 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Uh, Colts Roundtable is coming up tonight, 6 o'clock. That's Matt Taylor, Rick Venturi, and Joe Wrights for you. Uh, JMV, AR needs to go to the stuntman school. He needs to learn how to take a hit. (laughs) There's going to be no magic formula on this. He either is or he isn't. Uh, that's it. Either he is or he isn't. JMV. Now, if Richardson continues to show uh, he is prone to injury to the Colts drafting their quarterback next. No, no, no. No, no, listen, listen. As much as we talked about a concern, and concern should be there after five games and missing as much time as he has, and he's going to. He's still 21 years old. That's why I'm trying to give you both the bad and the good. The good is to go ahead and soak up the moment of a team being competitive within their division and the schedule. I'm not telling you to forget it, and I understand if you remember the luck days and this is playing a role. But the playbook's going to be the same. There's not going to be a force field around him. He's not going to be surrounded by bouncers, I guess, unless you want to Call offensive linemen bouncers. He's either going to be able to withstand the hits, but the playbook's going to stay the same. That's why they drafted him. That's why the intrigue was there. And I'm telling you, you just can't do anything about that. Talk to Stephen Holder about it coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Meantime, when Shuler Spreadable Cheese is the official sponsor inside the lounge via YouTube Live, when Shuler Spreadable Cheese is original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and pepper jack. When Shuler Spreadable Cheese is available at Kroger and Meyer, and I'll tell you this, if they don't have it, if they're out of it, or if they have an abundance of it, let me know so we can give that place a shout-out because it is flying off the shelves because of you. For recipes and more, that's winshulers.com. Your call, Stephen Holder, and a lot more coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. We'll reset the situation with Anthony Richardson. Nothing set in stone other than the AC joint sprain. Timetable, we're guessing, but nothing as of yet from the Colts. Gardner Menchu is your starter coming up on Sunday. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. If you leave. 
93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Three receivers bunch left for the Colts. They're right back onto the ball. Ball between the hash marks. Binchu out of the gun. Moss is back to the left side. Binchu to Moss. Slithering. Bouncing off tacklers. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Two touchdowns today for Zach Moss. And the Colts are back on top. It's 16-13. I called Surround Table with that man, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, along with Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights coming up here at 6 o'clock. A lot of me and a lot of you so far. The Colts 3-2, and two, Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. AC joint sprain is the description from Shane Steichen earlier today. No timetable given on the amount of time that Anthony Richardson will miss after that injury yesterday when he was rolled up on by Harold Landry. Uh, we're guessing maybe a month. We're guessing maybe after the bye week, after the trip to Frankfurt. That's been my my judgment. We shall see. And Gardner Minshew, who came in once again and performed well, will get the start in Jacksonville coming up on Sunday. If you're on hold, I'll get to you. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, Stephen Holder of ESPN.com joins us. We got a lot to get to because you were talking to me in the press box yesterday about an interesting phone call you got while you're playing golf on Saturday. I'll get to that coming up in just a minute. But regarding what was stated, there was not a great deal of clarity, especially in terms of a time table given by Shane Steichen earlier today. What what's your guess here? Are we talking a month? Do you think my timeline is is one in which may ultimately happen after that bye week after Germany? Well, so I'll start by saying I'm not gonna guess because it's just it's just fruitless, right? Because we don't know enough. I think there has been a lot thrown around. I they now I will tell you they initially thought that the grade three spring was what they were dealing with, but it was also made clear to me that there, there are a lot of things uh, that have to be confirmed by MRI. And, and then they not only do the MRI, but they have, as we reported earlier today at ESPN, they're going to have other physicians review those results too, before they establish a timeline, you know, so these things are, are delicate. It's not, it's not even so much, diagnosing the injury it's it's also diagnosing what the timetable is uh, just because there, there are lots of variables including you know the type of player and the position and all of these things so you know and, and things that I'm sure I can't speak to as as a lay person but anyhow uh, there's a lot there's a lot to have be played out still so I, I would say though look they're preparing for in the midst Sunday, I think most likely beyond that, I think all appearances are there. They're bracing themselves for multi-week absence here at minimum, and then we'll go from there. The one thing I can add, okay, this is just a, a bonus for you. Look, I mean, something I was told today is that the Colts thought this might happen, okay? I mean, I don't think any of us are shocked because we know how he plays, and we knew that when they drafted him. But they, number one, Draft or excuse me, signing Gardner Minshew was really a product of of knowing the type of player that Anthony Richardson was. He was already their target when they signed Gardner Minshew. Remember, and then so that's the first thing. Number two, they have looked at other examples around the league at at some of these dual threat quarterbacks, and that there is kind of this 
acclimation period for those guys where they have to learn and start to respect the speed of the game at the NFL level. I mean, I don't think Anthony Richardson's used to having a guy, Harold Landry's size, run him down from behind. But that's the NFL. That is the NFL. This is not the SEC, as great as the SEC might be. So I just think he has to play with a, a different level of awareness that the hits are coming. And you have to assume they're coming and not necessarily brace yourself at the last minute because by then they're on you. So anyway, I, that's a mouthful, but, but that's sort of, you know, some of the stuff that's, that's happening and the conversations happening behind the scenes. I've tried to explain to everybody that have talked about it. I, I don't know what can be done other than, you know, what you, you mentioned just now and the fact that it's going to be the same playbook. They're going to rely on him running the football because that's one of the big reasons why they loved him, why a lot of other teams loved him. And that's not going to go away, and he's just going to have to find a way to maintain health. But I will say this. I do understand those that have gone through the Lux saga and right now kind of look at this as a red flag, oh, no because they've gone through too much around here not to have a shred of doubt in their mind regarding the path in which they are taking. And I just tried to remind them that you got two things working here. One, he's 21, and you would expect him to learn. Certain he's he's got that that ability and that want to, to learn and be better. And the other thing is you have within their division and their schedule – a competitive team that can move forward with what they have right now. So that's the good part of a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with that. Uh, You know, look, we can – actually, Andrew Luck is an interesting pivot here because (laughs) – an interesting aside, because if you go back to uh, particularly the early part of his career, rookie year for sure, first couple years, that man was reckless, okay, (laughs) absolutely reckless. And I think a lot of the, th- the same things we're seeing with Anthony, I think those are conversations we were having then, frankly. So it's not that different. Now, Andrew just wasn't viewed as a runner. So, and then he also had the, the double whammy of, of having uh, Bruce Arians as his, his offensive coordinator with seven-step drops, and he's getting pounded in the pocket. So on top of him getting out of the pocket and getting hit, he was getting hit in the pocket. So anyway, you know, you go back to, to Andrew Luck getting uh, the kidney laceration, which I think was in 2016, if I recall. Uh, that was a, a situation where he got out of the pocket and he was – trying to run for a first down and he gets sandwiched between two Chicago bears linebackers. So a lot of hard lessons have been learned here at quarterback. I guess is what I'm saying. And, and I don't even know that Anthony could have prevented Sunday's injury. I don't know that, but I, I just think he, he has to play with a certain awareness. And, and this is what they're saying internally, because I, I do think there's a lot of conversation as you mentioned just now about, well, they've got, you know, do they need to coach him differently and all that? No, that's – I think they may pull back a little. Okay, I do. Because I think he can work from the pocket and be very effective. He's a good passer. But the real sort of icing on the cake with this guy is his dual threat nature. If you take that away, he is not the same player. You don't have the same threat. And then you therefore don't – call the game in the same way. So I agree with you. They're not going to have some kind of wholesale change to the offense 
they may pull back a little, but but he is who he is, and his skill set is the reason he is here, full stop. Stephen Alder of ESPN.com is via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So uh, the good part about this is certainly not regarding his injury, but the fact they went on and snapped a seven-game home losing streak, five games against the Titans, and really beat the Titans at their their own game, out-tough the Titans, which has not been prevalent in a while in that matchup with Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans, as we've seen in, in recent history here. That's that's the good part of it is. And, and one thing I'd ask, Gardner Minshew's in, and it seems to me, and maybe it's just me watching, that there is a little bit more width, a little bit more of a window in receiver separation when he is out there than when Richardson is out there, for especially these receivers. Is that something I'm making up that maybe I haven't seen that I think I have, or is that something you have seen as well? Is that because of ball placement when the ball is going to be there, You know, a little bit of the not-so-subtle change in, in the playbook calls here? Have you noticed that at all? I'd have to take a, a closer look at the film. I, I think what you might be seeing is, number one, uh, Garner Minshew definitely throws with timing. That is his thing because, look, he doesn't have the same arm strength as Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson can be late on the throw and still get it there. Gardner Minshew is not going to pretend to be something he's not. He's, he knows. So his whole game is I got to throw on time and with anticipation so that the ball is where it's supposed to be when it's supposed to be there. So they're they're very, very different players, and the way they conduct themselves as passers is very different. So I think that's part of what you're seeing. Anthony tends to, maybe because he's young as well, this is part of it, but Anthony, I think, much more so relies on his arm. Garner Minshew is not. Garner Minshew is relying on his, his head and getting the ball out. So I, you know, I think uh, as Shane Steichen phrased it, he said Gardner is an elite processor. I would agree with that. I think he sees it, he knows it, he anticipates it, all those things. I mean, that's why he's able to to have success and, and throw for a high percentage, even though, look, I mean, he's maybe not the most physically gifted guy. Okay, I don't think he would be upset at me saying that. I think that's just pretty clear. So, anyway, uh, that is just kind of, I, I think, that how they're very, very different. And so that might be what you are seeing. You're just seeing the offense – looks different with him because he operates differently. Yeah, how much of that playbook do they take away? I'm assuming most, obviously, of of the running well, plays and the running capabilities, but how much does the playbook shrink whenever Gardner Minshew is the starter or he's in the game? Well, first off, I, I have to say I was watching the game yesterday and I laughed, and I, I said this in the Baltimore game too. I love Gardner Minshew because when they have something, when they have any kind of play action or – you know, quote unquote, read option situation where he's got to hand the ball off, but maybe carry out the fake. Let me tell you, watch him closely. He is carrying out the fake like a mother. Okay. And, it, and I, I laugh every time because I'm like, dude, no one thinks you're running the ball. Okay. <laughs> like literally no one thinks that, but I, I admire the commitment. He is constantly playing out the fake, and I love it. So uh, you have to admire it. So anyway, I, I just, just a little aside for you as a, as a listener. I'm telling you, watch this next Sunday when he plays. You will see it, and you will laugh. So, yeah, it's going to change. I mean, a lot of those plays where they truly are reading 
and and making a, a decision at the pivot point as to whether to to hand off or or throw that ball or keep it. Uh, a lot of those decisions, uh, I think, are now. You know, there's an element of those decisions that's taken away. Uh, the quarterback run is, is not going to be a part of those decisions almost almost 100% of the time. I mean, there may be some exceptions, but I think we know that. So so that's that's just what it is. Um, I don't think it's a, it's not a wholesale change. I just think you're going to emphasize other parts of the playbook. And ultimately, every team, even those with a dual-threat quarterback, every team has – uh, pretty standard stuff in their playbook. You know, I think we we sometimes have this this incorrect approach of how we you know how they think about offense as a as an NFL team. And frankly, I mean, they have all the standard stuff in there. They just have certain plays that that may be unique to to their quarterback that are also in there that they, that may get emphasized. But but generally, they're going the offense is the offense, and, and they're going to run what they run. So. It doesn't have to change. I mean, is there, if you're a receiver, you still got to run the same routes. Uh, you just may build it a little differently, run run a different set of plays that, that maybe we don't see as much with Anthony Richardson. And, and I think it just it takes away maybe some outside-the-box things that you can do with Richardson. But, look, they have shown themselves to be very efficient with, An, with, excuse me, with uh, Gardner Minshew and – I, I agree. I don't see there's any reason why why there needs to be any kind of um, any kind of concern about how this might go moving forward. I, I think they have a very good chance uh, to be competitive in every game he starts. Stephen Holder's with us, and in closing, regarding Anthony Richardson here, uh, do you have any concerns about his his long term future and being able to withstand how he plays and the NFL and taking hits on a game in game out basis. I, I think if he if he figures it out, no. But he he can't do this forever. I mean that's true. Um, in that case, yeah, I, I would I would have some concerns. Sure, and, you know I, I look at for example, look at Josh Allen and. He really hasn't learned very much, I would say. Still plays pretty reckless. Now, he has avoided a major injury in his career. He did have, I think, a uh, maybe a hand injury as a rookie, and he missed several weeks. But other than that, he hasn't, I don't believe, had a, a major injury. So, so he's been fortunate. You know, maybe he's more durable. I don't know. Maybe he's just been lucky. I, I don't know. But – and there's also an element of Anthony being a little unlucky. Not all of this is just a product of him being reckless or, or just you know too aggressive. I don't want to overstate that. I mean, you got to be unlucky too, right? But anyhow, I, I do think he has to he has to amend his his style a little bit. And I don't mean run less. I just mean just keep your head on a swivel and just be smart and and try to minimize the hits. You cannot eliminate them. You cannot, but you have to minimize them. If he if he gets that, if he figures that out, I think he can weather this and he can have a long career. But but, but something's going to have to change. That's clear. I'm assuming that um, Stephen, you're in the Malki Kawa receipts video too somewhere. You know, I just looked at it. It's funny if you mentioned it because I just saw it. I've got like four or five listeners from this show that are in there. 
I think I managed to not get in there, which is pretty cool. Maybe I did a good job. I don't know. Um, Listen, my whole goal in life is to never give people receipts if possible. (laughs) Listen, I have done it many times, okay? Let me just be clear. But, uh, But the goal is to never be... Uh, never be on the wrong end of the receipts. (laughs) I'm looking right now. I see people that tagged me on this show. I don't see one from me, though. McAfee's in there pretty heavily. Oh, yeah, there you are. There you are. Hold on. Oh, me? Yes, you're in there. You ready? Oh, I got to look at it again. That was kind of half Jonathan Taylor is extremely intelligent and is his own man. This perspective ignores a basic reality. Jonathan Taylor is considered lots of agents and purposefully chose his current representation. Uh, So I remember that tweet. Yeah. So I'll tell you about that. That was that was actually I, I think that point stands, in fact, you know, because I think there was this there was this. Uh, assumption that that Malky Kawa turns Jonathan Taylor into this villain when the reality is if he wasn't down for being uh, so for if he wasn't down for for taking this to that level you don't hire Malky Kawa you know what I mean so it's like the chicken and the egg and I what I was saying and I still say is that it, I don't know which is which is the chicken and which is the egg here but <laughs> But the point is that it, this wasn't Jonathan Taylor, you know, just um, sort of uh, obliviously walking into Malky Kawa's office and saying, you know, hey, I need an agent. You know, are you available? No. I mean, this was very st- strategic on Jonathan Taylor's part. And his thought process, and this is just me kind of paraphrasing what I know, but his thought process is, okay, I can hire the agent's who didn't get what they wanted with those other running backs, or I can hire someone who's going to just maybe go rogue perhaps and, and do it a different way. And it turns out he, he ended up getting what he wanted. So it'd be hard to, to convince Jonathan Taylor. It was a bad decision. So, all right, by the way, Shane Palmer tagged me on this. I'm a friend to 28 and will root for his success. With that said, his agent, Malki Kawa, is a bona fide moron and has screwed JT and the Colts and the fans. That's what he put in, the, so, put in there for me right there. Here's my thought. Here's yeah. my thought, right? Like, I don't, I don't have to – I don't have a dog in this fight. Sure. I, I look at everybody – I know, you know, people kind of got on my case about this because they said I was I – was, too deep in this for, you know, for JT and all that. Look, I, I think what the, what they were really saying is I was presenting both sides of the story and they don't like it. Well, that's your problem. <laughs> okay. You don't, you don't want to hear both sides. Well, then go find another reporter to follow. Cause damn it. That's what I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, so here's my thing. What I would say is our job. Okay. If we cover, if we cover the white house, if we cover the Indianapolis Colts, whatever it is, a job is we got to get both sides of the, op- of the, of the issue. And so I did that. And I think ultimately, and I've talked to Malky Carlo lots of times. And I think if you, if you ask him, it all boils down to this and you can, you can hate his methods. You can, you can hate him personally, all that. He I don't think he cares, but his job, as he told me, he's got one job. What is his job? His job is to get his guy paid period. Period. You know, whatever it takes. And so, I, you know, I, I respect that part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't mean 
you have to like how he went about it. I get that. Like, people are totally justified to feel that way. All I'm saying is, in his mind, I got one job. It's to get this guy's money. I did my job. End of story. Did did the Colts bend? Um, I actually wouldn't say they, like, quote-unquote, lost or anything like that. I, I don't think so. I mean, if you think about it, look, there are – there's a bigger picture here, okay? And part of it is you kind of created a, a, term, a tumultuous situation. Nothing they created it, but just that's what it was, regardless of whose fault. It doesn't matter whose fault. But it was a, it was a nasty situation. Uh, there were a lot of people in the organization, particularly teammates, who kind of felt like, why don't you just pay the guy? You know, and that sentiment was out there. Now, they're not going to say that on the record. But that's out there. That was out there. And – and there are even people now in the organization whose thought process is like, why couldn't we just do this six months ago, man? You know what I mean? Because I'm telling you, I know people think that they were, I don't know where this idea came from that Jonathan Taylor was asking for, you know, a gazillion dollars. It really wasn't a negotiation. It wasn't, there was no contract demand that I've ever heard of because there wasn't really a negotiation. They tried to make it a conversation and the Colts said that that was not something they were interested in doing right now. I mean, it's basically the long and short of it. I don't really know. I don't really know where all. Why, the why was the timing so good on on Saturday? And again, I want you to mention Stephen yeah. Holder joins us. Your conversation with Jim Ursay when he called you on on Saturday, and I think he mentioned to you that it was earlier than what he would have liked. Why was was Saturday, for example? Why was this weekend? the best time to get something like this done? Why, why did it happen Saturday? Well, first off, uh, I think the biggest reason is they wanted to get Jonathan Taylor going. And the, the, the best way to do that without any further quibbles and, and disagreement was to get this deal done. And I think once they decided, once they, talk, once they started talking about the deal, at that point – once you've gone down that road, I mean, if you're Jonathan Taylor, you, you want that deal before you're back on the field. You know, he, he was asked that yesterday, and he, he didn't give a definitive answer on whether he would or would not have played if there was no deal. But let, rest assured, my man wanted a deal before he got back on the field, okay? And, and what, would, what would have happened? I have no idea. I don't know. But, like, that is not very hard to tell that that was the case. You know, he wanted a deal before he got back on the field. That's a fact, 100%. And so I, I wouldn't say it was a demand. I just think they had decided they were going to do it. And so just get it done and let's get him out there. So who That's caved the most? I, I, who, who do you think caved the most in this, Stephen? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I would say I hesitate to, to characterize that. And here's why. Because it did take – it, it, it took some um, maturity from both sides for this to happen. Uh, look, a month ago, this is where we were. A month ago, after the the trade conversations ended and Chris Ballard said, all right, this is the deadline, we're done. Remember that? They put him on the pup, and at that point, things were so poor. You had Chris Ballard. By the way, I saw all your tweets out there, those people saying that the media was overhyping this. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Let me just tell you. You have no idea what the hell you're talking about. There was absolute turmoil. 
Jonathan Taylor was showing up for rehab in the morning and things were so poor at, between him and the team, they were telling him, all right, do your rehab and get the hell out of here. Go home. That's where they were a month ago. Okay? We were not exaggerating. So, anyway, it takes a lot of maturity on both sides to go from there to, to now having a, a deal done and, and everybody being smiles. You know, as to who caved more and all that, I, I think, again, you have to be in the room to know that. But certainly the Colts didn't want to do this deal now. Jim Irsay, I'm looking at the quote right here in front of me. He says, it's sooner than I think it should have happened. Okay? So, for everyone who said – Oh, they, they said they, you know, they wanted to pay him. It was just, you know, they wanted to do it on their, on their timeline. They never said not this year. He's still saying it happened sooner than he wanted it to happen. <laughs> so, literally, on the record, Jim Mercy said that. So, that is, that is not in dispute. So, they, they definitely caved in that respect in terms of the timing of this deal. But ultimately, for the, for the Colts, I mean, you're getting him. I mean, if he gets to the open market next year, and I know they could franchise him, but, but that would have been a very, very ugly situation to franchise Jonathan Taylor. So that's, that's the other thing I think about is if you don't do this now, the alternative is he ain't going to make it easy on you in the spring, okay? If you, and then if you do franchise him, Jonathan Taylor was going to make their lives miserable. And we go through this all over again, all offseason next year. I, I just think the prospect of that – no one looks forward to that. You know, no one wanted that. So if you really do want the player, this was one way to make it happen and, and everyone can go on with their lives. So I don't know. I think the result is great. How we got here, you know, we can, we can debate, but, but ultimately the result kind of was a win-win. So Stephen Holder with us. What I mentioned to Malky Kawa, the agent for Jonathan Taylor, put out a video last hour that has a lot of the receipts of those that were very critical of the way that he handled this situation throughout and representing Jonathan Taylor. And um, he basically is taking a victory lap because he got that three-year, $42 million deal done right there. So you can check it out. And maybe somebody, I know Bob Borden, I know him. He listens to the show. He's also among those receipts right there. So kind of an interesting collection if you got a minute or two to, to check that out. In closing on Jonathan Taylor, with what we've seen from Zach Moss has been incredible so far. What is going to be the carries dynamic between the two moving forward? I know that you still want to work slowly, I'm sure, getting back into shape, football shape, Jonathan Taylor. How's that dynamic to you going to work once things do begin to take shape? You know, I don't think they're going to force Jonathan, force the issue with Jonathan Taylor. They don't have to. And Zach Moss has, has ensured that they don't have to. And, you know, I think ultimately they'll just let this thing play out. There's no reason to, you know, to force things. You know, Shane Steichen, he could, he could care less. He, he couldn't care less that, that Jonathan Taylor got this new contract. That doesn't matter to him. You know, his, his job is to win. And so un, unless and until Jonathan Taylor is the better option, uh, to to carry the ball more heavily, I think they'll they'll have a lot of balance in this this arrangement they have here. There's nothing wrong with it too. I, I think they're very different runners. Uh, Zach Moss had the big run yesterday, certainly, but but really where his value is is he's a he's a tough between the tackles runner. You know, I think Jonathan Taylor is a guy who's explosive, and 
you saw a little bit of shades of old Jonathan, I thought, on that, that swing pass. They, they ran sort of a, a screen with him yesterday, and he told me after the game, he said, you know, I thought I saw some daylight, but I, I think he kind of lost the angle there. But you saw him kind of leap a defender, and you're like, ah, okay, I saw the juice that he used to have, you know. So I think he'll get it back. He's practiced twice, but he looks, I think, under the circumstances, looks pretty good. And I think you'll see. I think you'll see the, the vintage Jonathan Taylor before long. But until then, and until it's it's obvious, give Zach Moss the ball, and then Jonathan spells him, and then they, they maybe get a little more even in their usage, and then we'll see what happens from there. All right, really quick here with Stephen Holder to close. Certainly locally with Colts fans, Zaire Franklin has made a significant footprint. Is yeah. now he beginning to do that on a national level? From what you're hearing, I mean, I love it. I, I, I'm seeing some a lot of recognition of what he's doing. And I, I love it. You know, I, I talk to Zaire a lot and I remember he, he will not, he will tell you very honestly uh, that he was so frustrated with Matt Eberflus. And I thought Matt Eberflus was a fine defensive coordinator, but for whatever reason, he didn't see Zaire as a good fit for his system and he never played him. And Zaire was just incredibly frustrated with that. And in the minute Matt Eberflus left, and he's got his own problems now up in Chicago. But, I mean, anyway, the, the minute he left, Zaire Franklin became a factor for this team and got that opportunity that he'd been waiting for. So, you know, he feels like he could have done this a long time ago. He just didn't have the opportunity. So it's been a long time coming, and, and he works. And this is a guy who, who made his bones on special teams. And he said, fine. If I can't play, I'll go out there, and I'll play every damn special team snap if I can, if I have to. And he did that, and he dedicated to dedicated himself to it, and became a special teams captain. And you know, he leaned in hard to everything he was asked to do. And he's a great example for every late round pick out there who thinks, you know, no one knows I exist. You know, Zaire Franklin is should be a role model for all those guys, and I love it for him. Stephen Holder of ESPN.com on getting a Saturday call while playing golf from Jim Irsay and the latest regarding the Colts. (laughs) It's all good, man. It is all good. Great seeing you yesterday, too. As always, I appreciate you on Mondays at 5. All right, brother. I'll see you soon. Stephen Holder, ESPN.com of the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Quick break, and we shall return. The Eberflu story is pretty interesting right there, too considering his situation in Chicago. Quick one, we'll come back. Your calls and more to close it out in the final less than 30. It's 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich, a Dr. Pepper, make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. He's in the pistol formation, rolling out right side, going to throw it back, and this is a catch by Jonathan Taylor. Here comes the convoy. He's at the 40. He's at the 35, and then he is blasted out of bounds. But that's a big play on the running back screen. Jonathan Taylor scampers down to the 32-yard line. Matt Taylor right there on the call, Colts Radio Network. I screwed that up. I should have came back with convoy. What was I thinking? My bad, Matt. Damn it. We get a great big convoy. Mm. I love the Foo Fighters, but C.W. McCall would have made much more sense right there, considering the Matt Taylor call. Colts win yesterday, 3-2. and two. Gardner Minshew, the starter, Jacksonville, coming up on Sunday. And Anthony Richardson, a AC joint sprain in that shoulder. A month is the speculation. Shane Steichen met with the media earlier today. Did not give it a timetable. 
uh, did say that the short-term IR was an option. Um, my guess, I'll maintain my guess, and you know maybe it's too long. My guess is after the bye week, which the bye week is after the weekend they spend against New England and Frankfurt, Germany in November. That's my guess. Uh, we shall see. Uh, we talked up Zaire Franklin and the big game, the big season he's had so far. And uh, evidently did not get a great deal of belief with Matt Eberflus when he was the defensive coordinator here, but since that point in time has been absolutely cut loose. Uh, especially in the first five weeks of this season. Uh, played as well as anybody defensively in the NFL to this point. Three and two of the Colts get Jacksonville. That rematch of the week number one loss at Lucas Oil Stadium is coming up on Sunday. Hey, by the way, Major League Baseball, the NL's turn tonight. Phillies Braves. Phillies up a game in that NLDS, 607 in Atlanta. And the Phillies does look good. They got everything going right now. And they just took off and ran against the Marlins and kept it up in game one against the Braves. Phillies and Braves at 6.07. Diamondbacks, kind of the same thing, right? Take off and, and run against Milwaukee. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about pounding Clayton Kershaw. And the legend of the postseason, Clayton Kershaw, it lives on. 9.07, that game two at Dodger Stadium tonight. Diamondbacks and Dodgers. 239-1070 is the number. My man Fulton is on here. Hello, Fulton. Hey, what's going on, JMB? How are you doing, Fulton? Been pretty busy. Me too, buddy. It's good to have you here. Yeah, I'm getting ready for my play practice tonight. Well, enjoy that a great deal. As much as we enjoy you having you on here, what would you like to talk about, Fulton? Well, um, I heard about, um, let's see, um, Miss You trying to um, pass the, um, to Jonathan Taylor as he runs, or Zach Zach Moss, he is the best runner ever. He is, he runs the ball and he makes a touchdown. He does. And you like guys like that. It's easy to cheer for those guys that run the ball and score the touchdown, too. 160-plus on the ground and two touchdowns, Fulton. I bet you were thrilled yesterday. I was very thrilled. Well, I tell you what, have a good time at your play, and you call anytime and enjoy this Colts game on Sunday, too, Fulton. Come out and see us sometime. All right, sounds good. You got it. That's Fulton right there. We love Fulton. Good time. Ah, he's right, though. I mean, Zach Moss has been so good. That's why I asked Stephen Holder uh, about that dynamic. Once Taylor does come back, there she is. Once he does come back, you know what that balance may be? Hey, say hello to everybody right here. Oh, hello. Maya's in the house right here <laughs> saying hello to everybody. Say hey. Well, it's good to see you. You too. You coming out Thursday or Friday, right? No, I'll be in Tennessee. Oh, got you. All right, see you. <laughs> Part of the staff here is awesome, by the way, especially those that we wear. Like Samaya works at the remotes. If you guys come out to remotes, live shows, you see her all the time, does a great job. They all do a great job. 
really nice. Yeah, I saw this from Alex Golden a little bit earlier. Um, the uh, Jess Walker IG account, the Pacers having practice today at Houston, which had to be a special moment for the Pacers rookie, who played well, by the way, last night in, in that loss in Memphis, who spent his freshman season in Houston. Pacers got in the preseason the Rockets coming up next. Uh, Jay's on the west side. Hello, Jay. Hey, JMB, man. Hey, you know, I'm a big fan of your show, man, but, man, you've been taking some major shots at, at AR5, man. I mean, Major yeah, shots? You know, what are you talking about? Yeah, man, I mean, man, just, you know, you even used the term uh, bus, man. This guy. I did not. What are you talking about? This guy is still young. Yes, he, he got injured yesterday. <laughs> what are you talking Wait a minute, I got to understand. What the hell have you been listening to? Hey, man, I've been listening to you, man. Well, I, I got to, I got to understand day, where I said he was going to be a bust. I said that there's a reason why you got a lot of Colts fans that are nervous about this because he oh, hasn't yeah, finished you know a game. You did say that. You did say that, that okay. That, that, that. All right, but Tim. I'm just saying it came, it came out on the air, you know. But I think, man, he's going to be all right, man. It's it's just that, uh, you know, it's football, you know. and It's not basketball, you know. And it, even in basketball, injuries happen. But, you know, in football, it's, it's more likely because it's a lot of – bumping and grinding and hitting and an impact and, and all that kind of stuff. But he, he's going to just have to learn how to, to, to use his head, man. And, and uh, like uh, uh, Holder said earlier, man, he's just going to have to, you know, learn how to be aware and uh, to, to, to know when and to slide and or run out of bounds or not to run at all. You know, but I think he's going to be all right. And I think the injury, I thought it was going to be worse than what it was the way he was walking off the field, but. I would I would agree with that. That part looked it looked really bad. I was like saying, man, this is about the worst case scenario ever. You know, throwing shoulder the way that thing was hanging, it looked pretty bad. Oh yeah, it did. But you know what? I tell you what, it's one thing you write about. The Colts fans need to keep the hope alive because I do believe by us being in the uh, AFC uh, South, uh, I think we got a good chance to be a number one seed coming out of that, that division, far as in that division coming out, maybe the fourth or something like that in the AFC. You know, all depends on how we finish. Hey, I, uh, Jay, and thank you for the call. I am going to ask people if they interpreted me as calling Richardson a bust. I'm going to ask and see what people think about that. Is that cool? Is he gone? Does that mean it's cool or not cool? Yeah, I'd say it's cool. Go for it. So – with what I've said regarding the situation, you guys interpret that as me calling the rookie quarterback a bust? I'm just curious. I kind of just viewed it as both sides, and I, I understand where you're coming from with your concern. And I know a lot of it still rides on where you've been before with Andrew Luck, but uh, suggesting you don't. Really, other than having the five games of evidence where he hadn't finished, you know, other than one, you just kind of got to wait and watch it. You guys can tell me a JMV 1070. Maybe that's, maybe that's true. Hey, Chris, how did you interpret me talking about five today? Hey, JMV, it's a great victory Monday. Uh, I listen to you every single day. I've never heard you call AR a bus, man. Yeah, I didn't think I did so far. That was weird. Anyway, go ahead, Chris. That's not why you're here, but go ahead. Go I got ahead. a couple of comments, yeah. and then I got a question for you. So we we not only have one, but now we have two 
stud running backs um, to go in that backfield. I expect I expect Steichen to get a little bit of packages going with both of them in at the same time with Minshew to help out with the running game. Um, what a storybook scenario we have for Garner Minshew coming up this week, going back to his old stomping ground, trying to get a dub in Jacksonville that the Colts have not been able to get in a long time, which I think we can get that dub. And then for my question, um, and I, I want to start it by saying I have a Leonard jersey signed, hanging up in a frame. I wear 53 every Sunday. I love the guy. But when is it time to maybe start thinking about cutting ties with him, getting a trade going for some draft picks or maybe an edge rusher that we need with Zaire Franklin coming into his own and with EJ Speed coming up? Do we really need a guy that's going to not be on the field? Well, and thank you for the call. i got to hit a break. It is going to be problematic if – and this is part of the issue you're going to have with Shaquille Leonard, is everybody has the bar set, like his contract, at the playmaking ability and the takeaway ability he had two years ago. So it's going to be tough to live up to that, and especially tough to live up to that if you're not present and accounted for on the field. So I will say this. If it keeps going in this direction – if he misses some games, if he plays, you know, if he's just playing and you don't see a lot in the stat sheet about it, that is something that they will visit. I'm not suggesting a trade, but something they will visit is obviously that contract and doing something with it. You know, whether it's, you know, adjusting it for the performance or, you know, maybe getting rid of it all together and taking a, a dead money cap hit. It'll be something like that. That will be visited. Now, again, we're in October. Gus Bradley mentioned they wouldn't see what they expected to see from him until November, which gives him a little bit of a cushion. But contractually speaking, that is something that they will look at, I'm sure, if this continues to go down this path at the end of the year. This show is always brought to you by Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses in a variety of flavors. You can find it at Meyer at Kroger. Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses, original cheddar, sharp cheddar, bacon and cheddar, and Pepper Jack. Also a sponsor inside the lounge via YouTube Live. It's Win Schuler's Spreadable Cheeses, Kroger and Meyer locations and online for recipes and more. That's winshulers.com. The Ride with JMV. Hey, my buddy, Swanson, full steam ahead. Over there. I want to go over there. I'll move over, Swanson. I'm driving. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Outstanding job by today. Thank you so much for listening. Tomorrow, uh, Brad Spielberger, PFF tomorrow, Rakestraw tomorrow, Wednesday. Ian Eagle, Ian Rappaport Wednesday. I think um, DeForest Buckner later on this week, too. I've got to make sure I get a time. Shout out to Matt Conti for that. And um, who's on Friday again? Did I forget about? We got Spiro back oh, on. Oh, Spiro's back. Yeah. Good job. Now, we're going to be downtown again. That may be one I can get him to. Yeah, maybe. Because he's going to be. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, they're in Jacksonville. I'm thinking game, about my yeah. bad. Yeah. I'll be closer to downtown, but they're going to be in Jacksonville. So that won't make any sense whatsoever. 
But uh, Spiro Adidas of CBS, they've got the uh, call, the coverage of that again coming up on Sunday, joins us on Friday's show. Uh, 239-1070 is the number. You guys have been fantastic for the most part on here as well. Uh, my thoughts throughout the course of the afternoon. Chris Denary just texted me, the voice of the Pacers. Now, by the way, I think you can get I don't know how that works. Chris will have to tell me how that works. I believe you can get the Pacers and the Rockets preseason game two. Obviously, you can get it right here, but you can get it on NBA League Pass. But Denary said, I listened while I mowed. You did not call AR a bust. Thank you. <laughs> I just said, I understand it's reasonable to consider why people are freaked out about it, which they are. But there's real, really no way of knowing, and the only way you have to deal with it, you're fortunate with that, is you've got a team that can compete without him and can compete within their division and with their schedule. That part is good. JJ's in Muncie, Indiana. Hello, JJ. Hey, what's going on, JMV? How you doing, JJ? Something. Go ahead. Hey, real quick, um, really professional of Hackett not to really go in on uh, the Denver Jets game and make his comments, but I'm pretty sure uh, as an old school player, and I know coaches, my coaches that I've played for before, they would definitely have went in and got ugly on it. Oh, you know he wanted to make uh, Sean Payton eat, you know what. We'll call it pro. We'll call it pro. You got it, buddy. You got it. Um, Go ahead. JJ, I got 10 seconds or less. Real quick, um, thankfully, we could actually be 5-0. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. I'm a golfer. But we think of the shoulda, woulda, coulda. That would have made us 5-0. And we owe it all to our backup quarterback. Appreciate you, brother. JJ and Muncie. JT and Chris, I'll get you on here tomorrow. Brad Spielberger tomorrow. Greg Rakestraw tomorrow. Stephen Holder today. Busy week for us. Mousetrap coming up on Thursday. Larson Barber Locks, Luna's Will Tequila Shots. Friday, walk-ons. Bud Light Blue Friday. Colts tickets to give away at walk-ons Friday. James, great job out of you. Track sides at 7, but up next, Matt, Joe, and Rick. It's Colts Roundtable. 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Have a great night.